Naked ABCs, where we are reviewing all the Bare Naked Ladies songs alphabetically, which seems thematically out of order this week because it feels like we should be reviewing is somebody singing or our blue dot before we get to this song. But speaking of space, let's get some time to welcome our co-host for tonight. We have Aaron and Michelle. And tonight, they are joining me, as always, by internet connection. For those of you who don't know how <laughs> the internet... Not live via satellite. <laughs> live, via bl- live via black hole. <laughs> well, I was yeah. just going to say, like, for people who don't know how the internet works, it bounces up to a satellite, goes up, comes back down most times to another provider, and, and is tra- transmitted back down to Earth. So you could say that tonight's song is kind of brought to you via satellite. You could. Wow, that that just like woo that that <laughs> that that didn't just I'm go sorry, back down the, to earth. That hit like the, the molten core. The computer nerd in me is just like, man, I hope you don't have satellite internet because that's really slow. <laughs> it's almost. I was trying to make a bad pun tonight. <laughs> no, you accomplished that feat. <laughs> It was definitely bad. <laughs> I enjoy a good so tonight's. <laughs> I enjoy a dad joke. So tonight's song is "Down to Earth" by Ed Robertson. Some people are just all show. Well, I don't mind that if the show is worth watching, but it's all bark and no tree. What's more ironic than a hippie in Versace? But Aaron, do yeah. you know which album? Well, okay, so it's funny that you should ask me this. Um, I did end up checking it out, but before I did, I, I wrote down my my thoughts. So, when trying to place this song, I had a little trouble. I mean, obviously it's Ed on the lead vocals, and it's a pretty straightforward tune for the most part, but it does have some of these slightly more complex touches, and I thought I heard Steven on the harmonies. So I placed this firmly in the late page era BNL box, and uh, I believe this is from Bernie Lazar Men, right? So I feel pretty vindicated by that guess. You got it. Estimate. You got it. Nice job, <laughs> Aaron. I have to I'm say, learning. I love that you did that because I feel like you and I had the same process with this song. Mm. You know, I just sort of listened to it, and and just the sound of it, I was like, huh. When is this from? Like, I didn't know which mm. album it was off of. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Steven in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to be later on because mm-hmm. it's not in my repertoire of must-have BNL songs. So I <laughs> went and looked at it. You know what I mean? Like, by this time, I was sort of disenchanted, perhaps. <laughs> um you were you were full on goth phase by this point. Yes, yes, I had moved. I was into NPR at this point. Oh my so, god! Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean. So, gotcha. uh, but it Say was no more. it was a nice surprise to hear Stevens' gorgeous vocals on the mm-hmm. on the uh, chorus. It was great. So. Um, but I did the same thing you did. I looked, had to look it up. I'm like, huh, this is later. When is it? I'm like, oh, bare naked is our, our men or whatever. All right. And so this is from 2007. Now, there's another version out there on the web. There are the bathroom sessions versions. I listened to the bathroom session, yeah. Yes. Me too. 
I did too. It's very different. I think the bathroom session, it's nice. It it demonstrates the strength of the tune on its own. Yes. Because even with just adding the guitar, it sounds great. Yes. Although I wish Steven had been there doing harmony. Oh my God, (laughs) me too. I I watched, after listening to the original, I I went to look for the bathroom sessions. Yeah. And wished to God that I would see Steven in there with him because... Right. Because there's that one song that he does come in there and do that. And this would have been a beautiful version of that. Oh, so good. It's just, it's the right pitch and it's the right sound. Like, oh, it's that harmony that just makes me want to eat a piece of meat. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to use that one in the future. Please do. It's a meat eating harmony. Yes. For the people who haven't listened to it, go to it and listen to, listen to it. It's a very stripped-down version. I personally like the album version better because it is yeah. more full. Um, but it does do a wonderful job of kind of stripping it down and doing just that acoustic-type sound for this song. It's not bad. It's not a bad version. No, not at all. I went out. I was trying to find as much information on this song as I could, and I found a uh, quote by Ed about why he wrote this song. Ooh. Um, it's interesting... <laughs> He said, I was hoping to incite a pop battle reminiscent of old school rap battles back in the day. Cool Mo D versus LL Cool J, third base versus, well, actually the Beastie Boys never even fought back. They didn't even notice. Everlast versus somebody. Well, was it Eminem? Why can't we just all get along? Oh yeah, because some of us are jerks. (laughs) That was his response to this song. And I get it. Like, it sounds like he's going up. He's attacking people that are, are very uh, public and not, and, fi- and false, fake. And I think it's very interesting in today's culture how he hits on this, like, 11 years before this, and it's still true today, um, mm. of how fake people can be. It's the norm now. It's not the exception. Yeah, I'd say it's even more rampant now with social media and everything. It's not just celebrities that are having a fake life. It's everybody, you know? Well, it's interesting because this matches up so well with the song from the previous album, Celebrity, Mm. which is like Steven's attack on the same position. Hmm. Steven takes it from the inside, which is what Steven typically does. Like, hey, how how would I feel on this this side? Ed takes it from the outside of like, I'm going to attack you about this. So... (laughs) Total Scorpio. <laughs> Who I that is not a slam against Scorpios. I love Scorpios. My BFF is a Scorpio. I'm just saying. I know how they roll. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about the music, Aaron? All right, let's break it down. Aaron's hot take. Yes. <laughs> so down to earth. Down to earth was recorded at 144 beats per minute. It is in the key of G major, and it centers around the chords of G, C, and D mostly. So you have a classic 1-4-5 chord progression, although um, more specifically, we're really hearing 1-5-4. Now, there are some interesting chords in here, including a C add 9 and a D sus 4. So we have some interesting color and definition within these chords that helps make the song a bit more interesting. As well, I should mention that we have an F9, an F9 add 11, which is actually a pretty jazzy chord for a standard rock tune. Uh, the structure of the song is you have an intro, which is 1-5-4. You have the verse or A section, which is 1-5-7-4. Four. 
And then the chorus, which is four, one, two, four, five, I believe. Oh, man, I should have checked that. <laughs> but, uh, one, two, three, four, intro, five, six, seven, eight. Right? And then the, then the bridge is uh, four, one, seven. And then you turn around to uh, to the, the one again. So uh, you've got a verse, a chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Kind of a standard A, B, A, B, C, A, B structure. But like I said, even though it's kind of a simple song, it kind of sounds like a straightforward rock song. It does have these little hints of flavor that are kind of like, you know, the, you can tell some of the jazz influences of the band and some of the more out there and interesting uh, influences. I think, you know, the song really grew on me. I never disliked it. Like, I liked it right away. When we started playing, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I was nodding my head. And I listened, I, li- I always listen to the songs many, 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 many times, like at least 10 times, maybe, maybe up to 15, 20, depending on um, how much I need to analyze and stuff like that. So I actually noticed a lot of times I'll like a song and then I'll be kind of like sick of it by the end. Or not necessarily sick of it, but I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm ready to not hear this for a while. Uh, but I actually, toward the end, I had this kind of like, maybe it was just because I was really hearing the little subtleties because I was really trying to analyze it. But I really started to dig this tune, and I was like, you know what? I, I like it. And I think I ended up moving it up a little bit in my rating from what I had initially placed it at, because I really do like it quite a bit. I agree with you 100%, Aaron. I swear to God, you and I had the same journey <laughs> with this song. We were totally in sync with this. Um, I did the same thing. Like I liked it right away, but mm-hmm. every time I listened to it, it was like, more and more revealed itself yeah. and it became really good. And the, I'm sure by the end of this podcast, my rating will have gone up like five points. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I keep creeping up like, Oh, yeah. well I started here, but well, and then, but wait and Oh, and then it <laughs> just keeps going up and up and up. So it, um, it's good. One of the things that you said a couple weeks ago with Did I Say That Out Loud, Aaron, kind of applies here. There's that heavy guitar strumming during the choruses, so or during yeah. the bridge, where he's just like, he's hitting just the, the bass notes or just the bass chords and just hard strum, wait, wait, hard strum yeah. during the rapping piece of that. They're doing that during the verses on this one, mm-hmm. which is an interesting change up i almost like it better this way though than i did during the bridge there's something about it and maybe it's because it's not just the guitar so there's more stuff in the background kind of still making it interesting but he the way they're doing that during the verses this time kind of works and maybe it's maybe it's because he's not rapping to it maybe it's because he's like holding the notes in between um with his voice i don't know but i, I like that version of it better here in the verse yeah, no, I know what you're saying. A lot about this song is, you know what's interesting? Oh my god, wow. I, okay, so this just occurred to me now. And knowing BNL like I do and knowing how clever they are, I am wondering if this song intentionally was like this because it's a song about people who seem to be, to have depth to them, but are actually quite shallow. This song, on first impression, seems very straightforward. And there's not much to it, very simple. But if you look into it, it's actually quite nuanced, both in the lyrics and the musical content. It's the opposite of that. And I wonder if that was intentional. And knowing them, and they are clever, 
I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's exactly. That's pretty cool, especially at this time in their career. Like they were still playing with that. Yeah. Stuff. I've, I've heard you them do things that. before with the music that were very programmatic and very um, thematic. So I, I wouldn't put it past them to do that at all. So you were you were talking about the more things that you find as you listen to mm. this, like so I was like you said I listened to it a lot of times and and. We don't record this every week. I know you, it's wonderful to kind of believe that we sit down every single <laughs> You're week. You're shattering the grand illusion, Tracy. <laughs> the grand illusion that we actually are consistent. Most weeks we do. Uh, we, we Sometimes we'll record two or three. Sometimes we'll have a break. So we've had a couple weeks break here. And so I've listened to this song like probably 20 to 30 times in this span of this time between songs. So I've heard a lot of little tiny things. So talking about space, talking about coming back down to Earth, using using all this metaphor, which we'll talk about when we get to the lyrics. Kevin's doing this really interesting stuff on the keyboards in the background on this on the synthesizer, where during the second verse he has like fireworks going off. And then he's doing like space like music, almost that theremin type music again during the bridge. And it, it gives it that very space Star Trekky type feel, and I like that they're they're playing around with that again, very programmatically. Like, hey, here was here's this this theme that we're doing kind of outer space, and he's like, all right, well, let's make it kind of sound kind of spacey and, and alien and different. And I also like the uh, distorted guitars. Yeah. There's some distortion. But, it's not like overdriven. No. crazy but yeah it's just very different from what they were doing on the rest of the album at that point yeah i don't know the album i'm not as familiar with the album as you but uh, I, I like this song quite a bit yeah it's i just remember it being very different when i was listening to it than compared to the rest of the album at that mm. point so speaking of the theme of the song let's talk a little bit about what the the theme of this song is and what you guys thought about it. the the idea that people especially certain celebrities and he's coming out at some celebrity that he never identifies here, but probably just celebrity, certain celebrities in general. Mm-hmm. I wonder um, who I set know. him off. I wonder if he was inspired by somebody very specific and there's a story about it. Like I'd I- love to know. Well, what's more ironic than a hippie in Versace? I'm wondering if that <laughs> is from a real life experience there. And there's so many people online that said that that was their favorite line of the song. <gasps> I wonder if it's Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? Whoa. And she has that kind of hippie vibe. That's weird because that this is the time when they were actually touring with Alanis. This is about that. Wow. That I don't want to speculate as to bad blood between I love I love Alanis <laughs> and I love BNL, so like I I would yeah. hope that they well, get along. They're Canadian. They actually really like Alanis too, so yeah. I, I don't know. But isn't that interesting? Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> that would be ironic right there. That would be an example of iro- irony there, Alanis. <laughs> That'd be a jagged little bitter pill to swallow. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, I wonder I, I if like it's, this song. unless that was just so easy for Ed, especially the way his brain works, like maybe it's nothing against her per se, but just the whole star. Or it might've been that, they were touring with her, and so like he saw that she was real because she does actually come off as very. She makes authentic. you. She makes you want to know her. You want to know. <laughs> you want to know Alanis Morissette. 
Which, by the way, that's true. There are little hints in there. Amazing song. Oh my god! Yeah, her one of my all-time favorite songs of my life forever is "Hands Clean" by Alanis Morissette. Mm. It's so good, and the video is so good. Like I'm totally there, and I love her, and I'm not (laughs) saying anything bad against her. But as I'm as I'm looking through the lyrics of the song, and as we're speculating, you can kind of see a little bit of a connection. Yeah. And it, like I said, like, or as I was saying, like, it could have been like they were touring with her. They saw her as very real, but other saw, knew that other people weren't. And so they were like, you know what? When when people aren't real and they have, maybe they have these discussions with her backstage. And that's why there's all these little throws to her. Like, yeah, you know what we're talking about, Atlantis. We had this discussion. So... Sorry, you just you kind of froze there for a few seconds. You did. It was that you did. It was did that satellite oh. internet acting up again. <laughs> the satellite's mad at me now. Yeah, there was some space junk that got in the way <laughs> of the signal. Uh, no, but the, the lyrics are really cool. There's there's a lot of classic edisms in the lyrics. Um, Wicked. How can you be touchy feely when you've lost touch? Now you really want to show her how she's just too da- uh, she's just so down to earth via satellite, right? You're so far yeah. away. You like to show us that you're right here, but you're really not. You're distant, like extremely find a way. You know what's funny? Because I felt the same way again, Aaron. You and I are in the same wavelength. I felt that whole dichotomy that mm. Ed loves. He loves to play both sides of the thing or point out both sides of the dynamic that's going on. Oh, Ed's on, a lot or... more diplomatic than, like, say, Stephen, who's, like, in the middle oh. of standing in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in this is whatever. About, this is about as straightforward as Ed gets here. Well, it's worth it's worth noting that the verse doesn't have a traditional rhyme scheme. No, there's some assonance no. and consonance in there, and it flows really well, and it works. I like it, but I I re- I didn't realize until like maybe the third listener. So I was like, wait a second, oh, that's not even a traditional rhyme scheme. So that's really cool that it it really worked and it flowed well. We're witnessing the birth of mumble rap right here. <laughs> <laughs> not enough repetition. It is totally there's not enough repetition. He's, no, well, it's the birth, you know. Or auto start somewhere. Oh, we could we could definitely right. make like a mumble rap remix of this though. Someone please do that and then tweet at us. I'm looking down through this. I don't see any rhyme scheme at all. I thought the uh, I thought the chorus rhymed, but maybe that. Well, yeah. the chorus, yeah. Sorry, the, I mean yeah. in the verses. I'm looking at the verses and I don't see any rhyme. No, there's just assonance and consonance. On. You know what I mean? So there's a few internal. Yeah. Not really even full rhymes, but just there's some vowels that match, and there's some, you know, there's a little bit of the, the flow is is it's well written so that it flows well, I think, and it's just the, and the reason I bring that 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 I'm reacting yeah. to that is I usually don't like it when songs don't have that poetic rhyme scheme that's going on, like it grates on my nerves, and the fact that I've listened to this for what ten plus years and never realized that and ne- it never bothered me, yeah. I have to say that. So Ed does that wonderful thing that that he likes to do where he, he's doing the – I want to keep saying OG Rebore. I'm like, no, that's the cat on TV. Um, <laughs> the one that the, – the, the writer who takes you in one direction and then at the end turns it in a different direction. The old version of, of M. Night Shyamalan twist. Um, I can't think of the name for whatever, whatever reason now. Um, oh, it's going to bug me now. Anyway, so he he likes to do that where he's taking you down one path 
and he's like mm-hmm. leading you. It's almost like the old assumption game yeah. type uh, song where he's leading you in a direction and then, no, we're going to go down this way. And he loves to do that. And his song is an example of that. So like the lo- I love that line about the bark in the tree. Yeah. Yes. So it, You're all, that is so. All that's Ed one hundred percent. Ed, Ed, Ed. That's actually like that, that might be my favorite but, lyric in the song. Actually, but yes. what I like about it is he's so. In later songs, I've I've ripped on Ed for doing this because it, the line doesn't make sense. This line makes sense though. You're all bark and no tree. There's like, nothing underneath. It's all a facade. There's no substance. You're all outside appearance, and there's no substance. Like. It perfectly fits. It's like the introduction to American Psycho, where he's like, there is nothing there. I'm just the mask. <laughs> nice now now nice I have... Yeah, I know, right? I had to make some kind of <laughs> pop culture reference outside BNL. Uh, now I now I have the weird uh, compulsion to listen to Huey Lewis in the news. <gasps> <laughs> I saw Huey Lewis in the news in concert, oh, nice. I just want you to know, at the ballpark in 1980. Nine, oh wow! I think, so they were like they were huge at that point when you saw them. They were huge. Tower of Power opened yeah. for them. Oh wow! It was oh. Awesome. See, I would have loved to see either of those bands. To see both of them would be really cool. I would love to see them both on the stage at the same time. That would have just been like boom, done. Never, no concert could ever outdo that. So there's one more line I really love in this song. Well, I mean, I enjoy the song anyways, but this song, the, it's like li- making love to a TV. It's kind of novel, but it's miles away from satisfying. That line always, like, I, I had to listen to it a million times for, for this for this week's episode. But, like, normally every time I hear that, there's a little, like, laugh that goes off in my head. I'm like, that's really clever. That's great. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what else to say. I like the song. It's got clever uh, lyrics. It's interesting musically, um, although it presents itself as being rather simple upon first glance. If you if yeah. you look or listen a little more closely, it will reward that scrutiny, which is uh, really a, a cool uh, quality to have in a song. So why don't we why don't we uh, put some numbers to this to this discussion here? If I had a wish, or even a choice, I'd wake up. I originally was going to give this a rating of narcissist because I kind of felt like <laughs> that's who he was talking about. But, the, the in, you know, I feel like I could actually come into this podcast with no scale whatsoever. And one of you guys is going to say something that will totally fit. So we're going to go for satellites. Satellites. How many satellites do we give this satellites. song? And... You know, when I first listened to it, my my new scale is from Aaron. Like the two point five is the middle. That's yeah. the middle. That's the midpoint. Mm-hmm. And I started there, and I was like, "Well, you know, it's it's I'm liking it. I'll give it a three. And then I was like, "You know what? I'm liking it even more." And I moved it up to three point two five. I'm going up to a three point seven five for this song for wow. me. I just I it it doesn't. It doesn't require anything from me emotionally. Like it's usually I listen to BNL for some kind of emotional connection, either to stir up my angst a la Stephen Page, you know, like to get (laughs) Mm -hmm. into that or to just feel something. But this song is just really great to listen to. And it's so nice to hear the harmonies in the chorus with Ed singing the lead and Stephen just 
being like velvet yeah. in the background. It just mm-hmm. that's the part that makes me want to bite a piece of, a piece of steak. <laughs> oh, well, now like, I want steak. Arr, I just want to. Yes. Would you, would you say this is a hidden gem? It's a hidden gem. I would say it's a hidden gem. It's really good. It's nothing. I was surprised by how much I've enjoyed it. And I bet as we go along, if you ask me about this song a year from now, we do our next um, bring it up to score a four. adaptations. <laughs> I might bring it up to a four. It's it's gorgeous. I really like it, but without the emotional angst. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Um Aaron, how about you? How many satellites do you give well, this Well, I initially liked it a little bit more than average. I was going to rate it about a three, you know? And then I was, yep. like, looking at yep. the songs that I rated three, and I was like, you know what? I kind of like this better. And then as I did my analysis and I was discovering these kind of jazzy chords and appreciating the cleverness of the lyrics, and um, I just I, I started liking it more and more. So I'm going to give this 3.5. Three satellites. Ooh. We're getting really granular wow. now uh, yes. because I like it more than Bag of Bones and Adrift, which I gave a five, a three point five, but not quite as much as Blame It on Me, which I gave three point five five to. So somewhere in the middle ground, okay. three point five three uh, satellites Perfect. for me. Very, 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 very respectable. Nice. Yes, that's really good, Tracy. I'm struggling. Uh-oh. I have to admit, I'm going the over aid? these. No. <laughs> no, not this week. Um, I'm struggling because I'm not sure exactly where to put mm. that this week. Um, I'm looking back through some of my past numbers where I have like I have all in good time at 3.75. I, I like it better than that, um, but I can't compare because it it's a different song. I have bank job that's at a, a 3.85, and I like it better than that. Oh man, um, is it a four? Um, does it hit four territory? Baby seat as you like it. So these are your fours. Yeah. Bad day. Bad day. Adrift. You know what though? This is this is a different type of song than any of those. This is it's more apples hard. and oranges. Yeah, as, it's almost like their hard rocking version, like as hard rocking as they get. Um, this is them really jamming out um, and, and going rock and roll. Um, I'm going to give it nice. a four. Nice. Oh, wow. I'm going full four on it. Sweet. So that brings the song to a 3.76, which brings it right between blacking out, um, right underneath blacking out, right above Adrift. That seems about right to me. Yeah, that feels good. And I I think I I really like the song. I mean, I might listen to it again. The later stuff I'm on record is not, you know, going to that stuff first. Um, if at all, but I really like this yeah, one. This is a good one. Very solid. <laughs> I, you know, I'm being honest. I'm tr- I'm not trying to, you know. I I don't know what to say about that, but <laughs> I'm old school. I'm old school. This is this is pretty good. Pre Stephen leaving, but later later Stephen still being there. BNL stuff. It's before things get bad. Yeah, like this <laughs> is when I think this is one of their better ones on this album. Yes. Um, so that's yeah. why I had to give it a four because mm. I'm like, okay, this is on the same album I think as Bank Job, and it's right there. Like, it's one of the ones that I would listen to along with Bank Job. Um, we'll see. There is another song on that I album love that Bank I like Job, more though. than this, but it, it's it's hard to go above that. It's it's right there. Bank Job is clever as hell. 
Yes, and that's why I like it's not a, a hard hitting type song that, that has a lot of jam to it, but it it it's funny, it's clever. So, but we're going backwards. We're talking. <laughs> we're going we're, back we here. are not going back to the bees. <laughs> we are not. Let's keep going forward. We're yes. already to the D's. We're almost through the D's, guys. Holy crap. <laughs> awesome. So, let's talk about appearances. Yes. Keeping to the singer of this song, once Steven left, which is around that 2008 time, they started getting a little oh. bit more uh, interesting with some of their choices. Um, and they really started joining up with Rooster Teeth um, <laughs> and, and making some stuff with them. Around that time after Steven left, Ed decided to go out and connected with the guys from Rooster Teeth. And he was doing some other stuff with them, but they had a video game out at the time. Not Rooster Teeth, but another company. I don't remember the name of the company now. Called City of Heroes. It was a PC game. It was, I remember that game. It was yeah. a very interesting game. You got to build your own hero, go out on quests. This appearance that I'm putting in today is an early example <laughs> of using the internet for advertising. Oh. And it is done so well. It is more of a skit like you would see on SNL. But this isn't like the last skit of the evening on SNL. This is actually a really good skit. Um, should have been on SNL type stuff. It is Ed acting as one of these heroes in the video game. And he's trying to sell himself as Captain Dynamic. Absolutely hilarious. Ed is hitting his punchlines perfectly. His facial, his facial expressions and body language is just hilarious. Um, I had the, the you guys watch it just before we we started. What were your your thoughts on this? I thought it was hilarious. Ed was great. The costumes were great. Like everybody was fully committed to their role. Ed that's, sold it, and it was yeah, hilarious. That's the word I would use is committed because he really did not break character. He just like no. It's, I think <laughs> what makes it so funny is how how straight he plays it. You know. Wicked. Oh, yeah. That's what makes it funny. And the guys in the office, too, like they're like, everybody meant what they were saying. And yeah. It was awesome. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and there's two other videos as well. So I'm going to send you to the first video, but you can then follow up with the other two videos that are in the series as well um, that sold the update. Uh, it was a follow up sale for, for City of Heroes. And then they had a follow up uh, video game called City of Villains. And so it's kind of following up with that, and you have the villain and Ed interacting back and forth. And they are just like, they're not hamming it up because they're holding it and they're being very serious with it. But at the same time, they're hamming it up. It's actually really fun. Sorry, I have a ham of my own in the background. Now get in your bedroom. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) What's Sorry. No problem. He... I don't know how he's not an actor. Um, <laughs> Yet. Yet. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the active word there. So, <laughs> um, all right. I, oh. Are you quite all right, sir? <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm pulling things out of my ears now. Hold on one second. I just realized there was something I forgot to do. I feel like I'm forgetting a song, and I just... I can't think of the song that I'm forgetting that we need to do. Huh. I'm trying to pull up the, the file right now, and I just... It, 
it won't load for me, so I can't figure out what song that is supposed to come next and what we're missing. Oh, I just can't, I can't pull it up. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, that's what we're doing next. Drawing, yes. <laughs> we're doing drawing next week. So, join us next week when we will come back to doing drawing back. Why do I keep, I still keep feeling like I'm missing something with back. I don't know. We're coming to drawing next week anyways. So, join us next week when we discuss drawing. And we will have a great, wonderful time. Because I believe... Nope, we have a couple more Ds left. We're almost there. (laughs) But... We have a very special guest joining us next week. So, come back next week and listen to us. While we invite our special guest to come and join us. Yay! See Have you. a good week, guys. Bye, everyone. Yeah, you really want to show her how she's just so down to earth by a satellite. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.